Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Gavel Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Christopher. The Gavel Podcast is the official podcast of Sigma Nu Fraternity, and it's a show dedicated to keeping you updated on the operations of the Legion of Honor and connecting you to the stories from our brotherhood. To find out more from the fraternity, you can always check out our website at sigmanu.org. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HQ or by searching for Sigma Nu Fraternity. Well, hello, Christopher. Speaking of stories from our brotherhood, uh, we've got a, a, a pretty cool story from our brotherhood today. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about this episode. You know, I, I say that every episode, but I'm always truly. excited. This is this is my this is like <laughs> my favorite part of my job is especially now that I'm in director of engagement and this is actually back under my like official duties <laughs> as a staff member. Um love that love being able to do this i love spending time with you christopher it's wonderful yes that same the feeling oh, is mutual so one and two i mean i think that uh my personal excitement the last two episodes have had kind of a personal uh tinge to them and so it gives me you know i, I think great delight to be able to bring on people that you know have been a lot to me over the last couple of years and especially during my time as a collegiate member of the chapter of the beta ta chapter um, but for this episode, we are uh, releasing this episode um, uh, in honor of Veterans Day. So this mm-hmm. is our Veterans Day episode. Um, and last year, we had an opportunity to do a, a really great interview with um, a, an Oklahoma State or Epsilon Epsilon chapter alumnus, Ian Prescott. Um, you know, he was able to talk about his military service. Um, and so we wanted to kind of do something a little bit different, but, uh, you know, continue to honor veterans in a, 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 uh, a unique way. And so from my undergraduate experience, I had the opportunity to connect with, uh, an, an alumnus of our Theta Iota chapter at Middle Tennessee State University, um, an alumnus, uh, alumnus Josh Causey. Um, Josh is, uh, a career military. He is in the army. Um, he is currently a, uh, a brigade operations officer, uh, and is a, a major, uh, for the U S army. Uh, and so we wanted to have the opportunity to talk to Josh about his experience, but then also to provide context, um, for our listeners about the, I think the various different types of lived experiences that military service members have, you know, active duty members and veterans, you know, had when they were in service. Um, you know, the fraternity has kind of a, a rich connection to the military because of our founding at the Virginia Military Institute. Many of our chapters are engaged in work that supports our military uh, through charities. Maybe, maybe several chapters have um, very large uh populations of members who are involved in ROTC, you know, maybe they go to officer candidate school after graduation. And so there's kind of a a connection there, but regardless, we want to make sure that, you know, we are giving, 
you know, the people who actually have this experience opportunity to, you know, to, to share their story uh, because you know, I'm a civilian. So are you, Adam? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know your experience, but, uh, you know, I don't have any connections to the military uh, personally, both either in my immediate family or the family that I married into as well. Um, and so this is a really great opportunity for me to to learn from Josh uh, and then to share that knowledge and kind of his experience with our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think uh, it's going to be a great conversation. So uh, let's dive in. Um, let's dive into our interview uh, with Josh Causey. Hello and welcome back. Uh, we are excited uh, for this interview. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we wanted to do a special interview um, in honor of Veterans Day. Uh, and Adam and I were thinking about uh, who we might interview. And you know, I was going back through the Rolodex in my mind of, of uh, influential individuals that I've had the honor of meeting uh, in, in my life as a collegiate member and as an alumnus of the fraternity. And I had um, a special opportunity to get connected with um, someone who, you know, served as an advisor for for my collegiate chapter, um, has done a, a lot uh, of work with our Beta Tau chapter at NC State, even though that was not his affiliated chapter. Um, but uh, Josh Causey, who is on uh, the podcast for today, um, he is a brigade operations officer for the U.S. Army. Uh, and we're excited to to have him on. Josh, uh, welcome to the Gavel Podcast. Oh, uh, thank you. It's it's good to be on. Um, really appreciate uh, you guys inviting me to to talk. Uh, you know, I, I already got kind of a brief introduction. I just kind of have a caveat before I get started that I'm here as an individual and not as a representative of the government. Um, and really just want to uh, share my thoughts and perspectives on what it means to be a Sigma Nu and uh, you know, the kind of the meaning of Veterans Day and how the two might be connected. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Josh, we're really glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Um, so Josh, as I mentioned, um, you know, and, and the listener, listeners who already have heard from introduction, you know, we wanted to to bring you on, um, you know, in honor of Veterans Day, but kind of a conversation I think that's more interesting to our listeners uh, in a broader sense is, you know, what does it mean to be, you know, a veteran or be in the military? Um, many of our undergraduate members are, you know, and then also our alumni, of course, are uh, intimately aware of the fraternity's founding at the Virginia Military Institute. Um, and so that kind of manifests for a lot of our chapters in a lot of interesting ways. You know, many of our members go into to military service. Um, many of our chapters support um, military uh, philanthropic causes. Uh, I think, you know, the Wounded Warrior Project has been uh, an organization that our the national organization has supported largely in the past, and many of our chapters continue to support today. Um, but we see a, a number of, of various organizations that that chapters continue to support, um, either through um, you know direct service, uh, card writing, or you know preparing kind of uh, you know gifts for for um, uh, soldiers on deployment, or you know veterans affairs related uh, charitable organizations. You know I think our fraternity has a big heart for veterans and. An active military. Um, and so we wanted to have this conversation because 
one, I think, you know, a lot of our members, you know, may have that experience, but then also a lot of our members may not. And so the idea of what is Veterans Day, what does it mean to be a veteran? What does it mean to be an active service member? Um, it may be lost on them. And if I'm being <laughs> completely honest, that's my experience. You know, I don't have any uh, immediate connections to um, to family members who have served. Um, I didn't marry into any uh, family members who, you know, have served. Uh, and so the idea of um, supporting and honoring our veterans has always kind of been something, you know, a little bit further removed, even though I've had uh, the honor and privilege of getting to know some uh, really incredible service members and veterans over the years. Um, and so Adam and I were talking about it. We wanted to bring in someone who could give a little bit of their experience and uh, and provide some additional context. And so we're really happy to have you on to to be peppered with uh, questions about um, <laughs> you know, your life experience, everything that in between. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's um let, let's go ahead and start with then uh, your Sigma Nu story. Uh, this is something that we you know, would love to be able to do with our guests who are um, Sigma Nu members. Um, so I guess to start off with, um, why did you choose to to join Sigma Nu? Yeah, so uh, you know, first off, really appreciate the question. Um, I uh, you were talking about military service earlier, not being connected to anybody. Um, I'm actually a first generation. Uh, individual in my family that actually went to college. Um, I didn't have any Greek connections in my family, um, really didn't even understand what fraternities were other than, you know, things you see in, in movies, which all, you know, while can be funny or not always really representative of the, of the true Greek experience and, uh, you know, even more so what it means to be a Sigmund. Um, so I joined in 2004. Um, I went to Middle Tennessee State University uh, and um, I eventually, um, you know, became a part of Theta Iota chapter there. And uh, really, it was kind of happenstance. Um, you know, I heard a little bit about Greek life and was interested. Uh, had some friends that kind of took me along uh, through kind of Greek week, if you will, and, um, you know, went to each of the different uh, fraternities that are out there. And um, immediately had a connection to Sigma Nu. Um, I think part of that was there was influential uh, chapter advisor. You know, uh, Chris, you were talking about that. Uh, there's a guy named Tony Marable. Some of our listeners may or may not know him, um, but he was somebody that really had a really big impact on me. And, um, you know, honestly, the first day, like, uh, Sigma Nu was the first chapter I went to, and I pretty much didn't leave. Uh, once I met the guy, because I mean, he he explained to me a little bit about Sigma Nu, a little bit of its history, um, and I've I've always been interested in military service, and I was attracted uh, to a little bit of the history of Sigma Nu and and uh, some of the values that that Tony kind of articulated to me. Um, it's he's definitely a man that I uh, think about uh, often, and uh, you know I'm I'm appreciative that I made that connection with him. Uh, which is actually almost 20 years ago now, so it's uh, it's kind of uh, a little wild to think about that. That's that's generally my my Sigma new story, and uh, I, I definitely don't regret it. Yeah, and for those playing, who's that Sigma new at home? Uh, Tony Marable is a past vice regent, so long-term volunteer for the fraternity, and 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 absolutely uh, dedicated Sigma new. Um, awesome. 
Uh, well, so um, I'm kind of jumping ahead of, of Adam here. Um, so really appreciate you getting to kind of put um, your Sigma Nu experience in context. You know, Josh, you kind of alluded to this, you know, the the values and uh, the mentorship that you received as a member of Theta Iota chapter. You know, thinking about your career experience, are there, you know, connected values or things that you learned from your undergraduate experience that you feel like tr- like stayed with you? you know, into your, your, uh, your career post-college? Yeah, I, I think the values of Sigma Nu, I mean, it's really, um, you know, one of the, one of the neat things about our fraternity is that the values are so simple. It's love, truth, honor. Um, I mean, I still remember the creed of Sigma Nu. It's something that, you know, I've occasionally said to myself. Um, it sounds a little corny to think of it that way, um, but, you know, the Army has Army values, Right. And those army values aren't aren't too dissimilar. Uh, and I think if you if you live your life, uh, you know, love, truth, honor, I mean, you really can't go wrong. I mean, it, it can guide your decision making, not only as an individual, but as a leader. And that's, you know, my capacity and what I do every day. I lead people. Um, I lead teams of people to, to help um, help the army accomplish its mission. But. It's it's something that I, it's not lost on me to, to think about those values and to uh, not only connect them to the things I've learned over my uh, going on 17 years of, of service, but uh, something that I think about when I interact with people every day, you know, serve people with dignity and respect and, uh, you know, have compassion, those kind of things. So I'm, I'm I'm glad you kind of brought up uh, leading a team and everything. This was something I was actually uh, interested to to ask you about, um, and I think it kind of fits in here. Um, so, so something that that I've done a lot of thinking about in meeting with collegiate chapters, as well as um, you know, on staff, we have a you know a staff core covenant that we talk about, and um, you know, in retreats and everything, we talk about like why why is it important? And one thing that comes through between those things is um, it, you know, having a, a core set of values that we discuss regularly with each other. Um, it, it's a way to you know make sure that the, the team itself is operating at a high capacity. And you know if if members of the team can trust each other to uh, live up to those values, they, they can better anticipate you know each other's actions and um, you know, better rely on their team members. Is that something that that you feel uh, is, has made your teams more effective, like when, when you notice that's going well, or or you know maybe when it slacks, uh, you notice uh, you know, kind of a slippage in, in your team as well. Yeah, so I've I've had a mentor along the way in my career tell me that leadership is a contact sport, and um, mm. <laughs> you know it's it's an interesting way to kind of think about leadership in general. Um, but it's something that you know as you go through your collegiate time, um, you take on some leadership positions. And, uh, you know, you're dealing with uh, people that are from all walks of life. Um, you're dealing with people that uh, have their own experiences, um, both financially and personally. And you have to, to work with them and you have to learn uh, to get things done together. Uh, and that's something that I think as you go through your time uh, in Sigma Nu in college, at least, um, you know, if you take advantage of the full college experience, uh, as a collegiate member, I mean, you, you learn to work with other people, you learn to uh, get things done um, with different groups of people who have a lot of different opinions about things, right? You're not always going to agree, 
on how to get things done. And I, I think it's that, that teamwork uh, that really builds a strong foundation for those that look to lead other people uh, after college, right? Because at some point you do graduate and, you know, it, it goes by really fast and suddenly you're, you're in the real world and you're working um, and the things that you learned, good and bad, uh, as a as a collegiate member of your chapter or the things that are going to help you or hurt you depending on you know how you took advantage of the things that sigma you offered yeah absolutely uh well so josh as we mentioned at the top of the interview you know we of course want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your military service um you know the experience or the general experience of veterans um you know, as we relate to veterans day uh, and we know that, you know, of course, you don't speak for everybody and you know, your experiences are a little bit uh, you know, maybe unique. Um, but I, I think you provide a valuable lens here, especially as someone who has um, had a, a long military career. Um, so just to kind of kick things off, you know, what initially attracted you to serve? You know, and kind of a follow up question of, you know, did you plan uh, when you entered college to go into to military service? You know, or is that a decision that was kind of shaped during your time at MTSU? Yeah, so um, I, I always thought about the military. I, I actually have a lot of people in my family that have served, um, not necessarily careers. Uh, like you had highlighted earlier, a lot of people join the military, um, you know, sometimes to pay for college, sometimes uh, just to gain some, some skills of some sort. And that's okay. You know, I think that that probably represents most of the veterans that are out there, frankly, people that weren't necessarily in it for a career, but an experience, uh, whatever that experience was. And I, uh, after kind of going through college, you know, not only in my experience as a, as a member of Sigma Nu, but then uh, in general, that kind of desire to serve, um, I decided to become an officer. And so I, I uh, did ROTC at MTSU while I was a a uh, collegiate member of Sigma Nu and, you know, having to balance both, that was a little difficult. Um, you know, frankly, they are, they couldn't be more different in terms of like the types of people that often do those, uh, do those types of paths, you know, whether you're uh, in college and you're going to business school or you're the, you're the person that is uh, desiring to serve, but the values remain the same. It's just how you use those values when you get out of college. Um, and so I, I commissioned and then uh, from there uh, went to my first duty assignment in Germany um, where I had to work with uh, people that were probably about the age of, of those that were first entering Sigma Nu for the first time. You know, and I'm only a few years older than them and I'm having to, to lead people that are of different backgrounds and different groups. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, generally that's that's kind of how I ended up serving. Um, I didn't necessarily serve to, to, for a career. It's you know, the reason you join is not necessarily the reason you stay in. Um, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that uh, reminds me of uh, of Sigma Nu staff. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, uh, so in, in my time uh, working with with our collegians, um, you know, I definitely um, ran into a couple of different chapters where there's a, a very high ROTC affiliation with the chapter. Um, shout out uh, Beta Upsilon at, at Rose Allman. Hey guys. Um, so, so I know you know, ROTC is definitely a, a big um, entry point for military service for for a, a lot of uh, young people. Um, what are some of the the other ways that uh, that that people are are joining military? service that you see and, and kind of where are they coming from? Yeah, so 
uh, in general, you know, you really, you have enlisted and you have officers, right? And so some people, they enlist for a term of service, you know, typically four to six years. Um, those, sometimes those people stay in for, you know, their full term or sometimes they go even beyond that. Uh, then you have uh, those uh, that I think we're probably focusing on today uh, uh, who become officers uh, through uh, ROTC or OCS. So ROTC is really just a program in college um, that uh, teaches you uh, how to be an officer, but also how to lead in the military. Uh, officer candidate school is uh, usually a pipeline for those individuals that are usually enlisted who decide uh, through at some point in their, their time in service that they want to become an officer and uh, you know lead, lead, lead soldiers uh, and NCOs. Then there's uh, there's West Point, which um, often is uh, you know doesn't have fraternities, right? But those that's uh, the U.S. Army uh, Military College, and that really is uh, those individuals from the very start of of their collegiate experience. They know that they want to be an officer, and they want to go to the Army's military academy to do that. And then there's another pipeline uh, which will connect to some of our listeners, and that is senior military schools. So Virginia Military Institute is one of those uh, institutions, amongst others. Um, and, and those are similar to West Point in terms of the curriculum, um, but also it's really considered a, a ROTC that uh, has a focus uh, on a comprehensive uh, officer preparation program. Yeah, I, I think um, we so we do a lot of tours at VMI for College of Chapters or various chapters who have the opportunity to come to Lexington for a pilgrimage. I think they're always a little bit surprised at, uh, I think, enlistment uh, after graduation from VMI. I think it's like under 50 percent of students who attend VMI go on to, to military service. Um, but of course, like while they're there, you know, they I think they have the option of um, service to like the community as <laughs> yeah. kind of like a secondary option to, to ROTC. Um, so it's always interesting to kind of, you know, talk to people that um, just to kind of a little bit how unique they are compared to um, West Point or some of the other military academies. Yeah. I mean, VMI amongst other senior military uh, colleges is a very unique program and a very unique experience. It's not for everybody. I mean, the, the Army uh, and any other military branch is not for everybody. Um, when you commit to going to VMI or another senior military school or an academy for that matter, um, you're you're purposely giving some of your freedoms away uh, so that you can serve uh, and become um, hopefully an officer if that's the route that you choose um, and, and lead lead soldiers. It's, it is a sacrifice to make um, that you know some individuals are willing to make. Yeah. Uh, so, Josh, another question we have for you, and this one I imagine is a pretty broad, um, uh, you know, question because it's going to touch on really a, a number of different experiences for different people, depending on what I assume is your, your different branch or um, your, you know, your kind of stage of life in the military. Um, but it is kind of like, could you talk a little bit about what a day in the life of a service member might be? 
Um, and just hearing uh, your answer to the last question, you know, I, I'm going to add in that that, again, is probably different based on whether you're enlisted, you're an officer, you're, you know, deployed, you're, you know, stateside, your basic training. You know, I know that there's a lot of conditions there, but, you know, if you could you know, give us a little context for, you know, what is the average experience for a service member? Yeah, I mean, the, the average experience for, for service members, regardless of what your, your rank is, is uh, often the Army is, is uh, very into physical fitness. Um, it's a part of uh, our job, right? We have to be physically fit. It's a part of uh, how we are uh, able to be successful if we're called to serve in combat. Uh, and so the average, like for me this morning, I got up at um, 4.30 in the morning and uh, I you know, got dressed, drank coffee, you know, tried to wake up and then um, I, I went to work. And, but my work was physical training. So this morning I, I ran four miles and, uh, you know, did, did some other calisthenics and some things to you know, prepare my body uh, for, you know, the rigors of maybe combat or the rigors of training. And then uh, after that, you know, came in, got dressed, did all the things that normal people do and got ready for work. So, you know, here I am in the office today and, um, you know, I, I lead I lead individuals and a lot of soldiers lead individuals uh, that sometimes that involves, you know, things on a computer. Other times that means going to the field and doing uh, doing training where you take military vehicles, you take tents, you take equipment and uh, you set up your unit areas and you prepare to do whatever your job is. Um, and that varies, right? There are, there are hundreds of jobs in the military, uh, depending on what your interests are and, uh, you know, kind of how how, th- how your life kind of ends up, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, me, I, I'm a medical service corps officer and a lot of people don't exactly know what that means and they think, hey, you know, I'm a doctor. Well, I'm not a doctor, I'm an operations officer. So I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the daily operations of a unit. And I'm thinking about how synchronizing things over uh, both short term, you know, medium term and long term. Um, you know, we have medics, people that train to to uh, save people's lives. We have doctors that do the same thing. Uh, we have infantrymen and we have uh, infantry officers, you know, and that's a whole nother skill set where you're trained to, to fight and win wars, you know, in combat, directly with uh, with the enemy. So the experiences really vary. Uh, and it's, it's almost like a joke sometimes, you know, the, some people will say about the military is the experiences vary. Uh, and it, it just depends on a lot of different things. It depends on when you watch the news every day, right? You watch the news and you'll see that we have soldiers in Europe that are, uh, you know, supporting NATO and they're supporting our allies and partners. There's a lot that goes into that, but those individuals are away from their families and are making their own sacrifices uh, so that we can, uh, one, you know, assist the president in uh, protecting our national interests, but also, uh, you know, ensuring that, you know, tyrants don't reign over Europe. So, I think yeah, that's absolutely. No, absolutely. <laughs> And, and I think we we get the like the variability of it. I mean, we are talking to you as you know, um, you know, someone you know representing the army or you know, as a, you know in the army. We know that you know the, uh, that of course is going to vary widely as well from branch to branch. Um, 
Josh, I know you as well, you know, you've had the opportunity to, um, in your career to go back and get like additional education. Um, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you went to Texas A&M for your master's, um, you know, how, I guess, um, well, I guess kind of like your, you know, your decision to, you know, to remain, um, you know, with the military, you know, and, and kind of career service, you know, kind of what was the, you know, what was that decision like to kind of make the, you know, to determine like, hey, I, you know, I really enjoy this work. This is something that I see myself doing, you know, long term. And then, you know, kind of the decisions along the way of like, you know, going back and getting additional education that can kind of further you in this, you know, in, in this um, in the, or in these types of roles, you know, and then ultimately, you know, you're now a brigade operations officer. Like, is that is this a position that you saw yourself in uh, one day? Is that a position you've been kind of angling for, you know, or is it kind of more like, you know, Plachinko, you kind of go, <laughs> you know, you go ultimately where you you end up uh, and then you're just trying to do the best job you can in that position. Yeah, there's there's a lot in that question. Um, so sorry, I'll, a lot of <laughs> a lot of questions in a question. Sorry. Yeah. So I'll start with um, you know how I ended up kind of staying in as long as I have so far, and, and part of that is just uh, military service in general. The Army um, people are, are mission focused, and it it's kind of for some people that might be a little difficult to understand. Well, hey, what's that mean? Well. That means that people are willing to go above and beyond to accomplish a common goal. And I think that's one of the benefits of the military, and that's why a lot of people do stay in. It's because it's it's kind of bigger than yourself. You know, I mean, it's fine that if you if you work, um, you know, say you work at IBM, right? You know, you're working for a company's profit line. Um, but I think military service offers an opportunity to sometimes be a part of history. Right. Time is everything uh, in the military and it's and probably in life in general. But that's that's generally what attracted me to military service and what's kept me kind of going um, over the last uh, 14 plus years is um, being a part of something that's bigger than myself, being a part of a team of individuals that are they're willing to go above and beyond to, to accomplish a mission. It, it's it's an attitude. It's a way of thinking that I don't think is common everywhere. I don't think it's common uh, in the civilian world to um, sacrifice your own personal comforts for the good of the organization. And I, I think that's something that's very common in the military. It's kind of built into you as you kind of go through whatever your indoctrination is, whether it's basic training or uh, other types of uh, you know camps as you go through and you prepare uh, and you learn to be whatever it is that you're trying to be in the military. Um, the military is also uh, interesting because there's a lot of opportunities. Um, it's a meritorious uh, organization. And so as you demonstrate um, potential and performance, the Army uh, and the military can reward you for that. Um, I've been able to get two degrees that were paid for by the Army. I've been able to travel all over the world uh, and to different places, some good, some bad, right? But that's that's part of the job. Uh, and I've I've really um, I've had a lot of opportunities in general. You know, I mean, it's not it's not just the benefits; it's just um, the culture of the organization that I think um, has kind of kept me going. And I've, I've personally benefited a little bit along the way, but I've also had sacrifices. 
and, and there's one thing I don't want to forget, and that is families. I think sometimes people forget about those. They, they, they focus on the service members, but the, oftentimes those service members have families that make sacrifices, and they probably bear more sacrifice than the service member uh, themselves because the service member deploys or they go to a field training exercise. The family is there, and they have to keep going. You know, I have a wife. I have a son. And uh, it's it's I work long hours all the time. Um, I sometimes have to unexpectedly go places, and my wife has to carry on. It takes a certain type of spouse to to recognize that at some moment their husband or their their wife will not be there for extended periods of time. Um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, yeah, it really does. Definitely does. Thank you. Um, it, one thing you said that that I, I want to highlight for our listeners is um, you know, the uh, the parallel that I see um, you know in kind of uniting for a common purpose, right? I think that that is one of the great benefits of a, a fraternity chapter is the ability to coordinate and um, to you know, focus your your efforts as a group of of uh, young men um, towards a, a common goal. So I think that's a you know an excellent lesson that that our um, our listeners or our active member listeners can take away and and alumni as well. I mean alumni um, you bring a lot to the table when it comes to um, you know, giving time and treasure back to the, the the chapter itself to help support that um but you know for you i guess something that we talk about with our our commanders our, our chapter presidents um you know at college of chapters is you know really trying to um define your why define your purpose as a chapter and unite the chapter behind that vision so that they have this common goal to work towards um so you know then for for the individual member you're giving up your your time or maybe a saturday afternoon to go um and, and volunteer or you know, coordinate a, a social event or you know anything else that they're doing um you know, while obviously the the parallel falls short when it comes to the, the stakes and the uh um you know everything else the the goals that, that are being accomplished um you know i think there's definitely a, a lesson there and i i think it's um that's it, one reason why it is is really um unique and interesting to be a, a military styled social fraternity um is you, we can take a lot of those those lessons from that uniting as a group for a common purpose um and that shared sense of honor to um you know, bring back to the the fraternity chapter um yeah really a, kind of a neat parallel um, Josh, I had one more question for you before we wrap up here. So, so we are planning on um, releasing this episode um, around Veterans Day, um, and uh, you know, for that, then you know, as as Christopher and I have talked about, um, as civilians, um, you know, what can we do uh, to to help honor our veterans and to help uh, you know, support our our active duty um, military uh, members that are out there? I think um, you know, in general. I think a lot of the focus that we have today on supporting our, our service members has to do with some scars from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Not every veteran has uh, had the opportunity to really properly been, um, be welcomed home or to have that support of what they do. And I think there was a recognition that, you know, whatever you believe about, you know, Vietnam in general and whether it was mm -hmm. right or it was wrong, um, that there was a lot of negative uh, energy that was focused on those that served, right? And those people, generally speaking, don't have the option to do that. 
you know, there were a lot of people at that time that were drafted in the service and, you know, served their country and did their obligation, but maybe didn't actually agree with what they were doing, right? That all being said, you know, we are in a volunteer force today. And so, you know, every person that serves from, you know, the end of Vietnam to today are volunteers that intentionally raised their right hand and chose to serve this country, regardless of what they think about what the country and the state of the country or uh, those that leave the country or what we're doing on behalf of our nation's interests. And I think that takes a little bit of recognition to understand that those people are making a sacrifice both individually and personally. And I think the only thing you really can do is just give your support, right? And recognize that, recognize that those people are uh, putting aside uh, their own interest uh, to protect the common good. And I think that as, uh, you know, for the civilians out there, those that have never served, uh, just recognize that, give, uh, give veterans support, give the active duty service members your support and uh, understand that you know, there, there are some sacrifices that are being made on a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. Well, uh, listeners, uh, take that as your, your call to action. Reach out to a veteran today. Reach out to the veteran in your life or the um, active duty military member in your life. Um, just l let them know that you support them and uh, uh, send them some cheer. Um, <laughs> uh, well, awesome. Well, uh, Josh, any final thoughts or, or anything else uh, you'd like to share with us uh, before we wrap up here? Yeah, so uh, me and Chris were talking about something before we started today that I, I just want to highlight. Um, there are a lot of uh, Sigma News out there today that, you know, maybe don't necessarily think of themselves as Sigma News now, right? I think uh, there was a saying that Chris used, once a Marine, always a Marine. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a, a way of thinking that I think is relevant to those Sigma News that are out there today. Um, you're, you're not a, you don't stop being a Sigma Nu just because you graduated college. Um, the values that you uh, swore to are the values that you, your oath continues uh, after college. And so the, day, the way that you live every day, the way that you interact with people every day, the things that you do for your family, your, your city, your country, remain relevant to love, truth, and honor. And I, I just want to remind all those uh, uh, Sigma News out there to, to think about that and to hold on to that and to live by those values. Excellent. Uh, what a great message. A am not was um, definitely something that we uh, that we all try to try to live up to. Uh, I really do think that's the the strength of our organization, though, is is that that lifelong membership and and you know the the dedication to those ideals and you know that that is where we can truly you know make a difference uh, out in the world is is by living that. Um, you know, whether you're wearing your pin every single day or or uh, or, or um, you know not really showing off that affiliation, uh, the, the way that you live is uh, a representative of that. Um, very cool. Um, love, love that message. Um, well, Josh, uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, and and uh, thank you for serving. Thank you for your service. Uh, uh, we really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Josh, thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, a lot to make sure that we, we stay in touch. I know this was a, an opportunity for you and I to reconnect. Uh, and we're so glad that we were able to kind of bring you on the podcast. Thanks, guys.
Welcome back, everyone. Um, excellent interview. Uh, really cool. Uh, and it's something that, that stands out to me, Christopher, is um, you know, I kind of mentioned it in the interview, but the um, you know, the, the parallels, you know, being a military-styled social fraternity, you know, the parallels between Sigma Nu chapters and Sigma Nu as a whole, and um, you know, the military as an organization, I think is is really interesting. And um, you know, I think that. Um, there's like kind of synergy there in the in the, the meaning then for um, for you know, thinking of our, our members that are ROTC or um, plan on on um, enlisting or, or going into you know, officer school or anything else uh, as far as serving um, you know that there is a, a lot in Sigma Nu that does kind of prime you for that that style of organization I think that's um that's really interesting and I I love that Josh talked about um, kind of uh, Working together as a team, as well as you know, across the um, you know, armed uh, armed forces, and uh, you know, how um, you know they are mission driven like that. Um, I think that's a, a good lesson for our um, for our listeners, uh, whether you're an alumnus or um, an active member of our, our chapter. You know that uh, um, you know, we are working together to achieve you know, the goals of Sigma Nu. Um, so uh, I just thought I thought that was a pretty neat parallel. Yeah, absolutely. And too, I mean, you know, there are so many active service members and veterans that um, you know our listeners are connected to, and um, you know, or are just you know in in service and and you know in past service themselves. I I just think it's really great to get to hear from someone who can talk uh, you know about that experience and give context to it and. Um, I feel like I walked away from the episode learning so much more about, um, you know, how complex everything is. And, you know, I'm really thankful for, uh, for Josh to be able to kind of lay it out so succinctly. Um, but, uh, but the most importantly, you know, as we talked about at the, you know, the very end there, um, you know, we just want to say, you know, thank you, um, you know, Thank you for your service to all those who are listening, who are either current or former military. Uh, thank you to those who um, you may be connected with uh, as well, if, if they are not direct listeners, but uh, you know someone who is. Uh, please uh, share uh, love with them and, and thanks uh, with them on our behalf. Um, you know, certainly, you know, we just want um, to to make sure that uh, anyone who's listening, um, you know, whether you are an active service member. Um, veteran, or as Josh mentioned, you know, the family or loved ones of uh, those uh, of, of service members and, and active duty members um, or veterans, you know, that we want you to know that you feel supported and loved by the, the, the national organization as well. So um, this, this episode, this podcast is, is for you. And, and we hope that you felt seen. We hope that you felt uh, acknowledged and, uh, and we hope that, uh, um, you know, if you're a listener, you feel inspired to go out and uh, and share the love for this Veterans Day. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, think about uh, you know, for every uh, active service member, there's dozens of people that are um, you back home and and miss them and and you are, are giving up time with that with that person, that you know, valuable time. Um, so you kind of sacrifices across the board there, but uh, um, you know, all for uh, you know, I think a worthy cause, right? The furthering of the the mission that uh, that they're undertaking that they chose to undertake uh, we, as you mentioned we are in a volunteer service right now so you know um, I think you made a great point about you know, er- everyone who is you know uh, serving in the military right now is uh, choosing to do so um, and, uh, and and putting themselves out there for that so I, I think that's pretty neat um, yeah well Christopher um, any any other thoughts about the the episode before we dive into some some plugs here no, I think we're we're good to to kind of close things out. Um, cool. So I'll jump into our, our two plugs real quick. Yes, um, I, hear, I, hear, I hear there's some registrations that are going live. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we are very quickly approaching the end of the year, uh, which means that we're approaching the beginning of next year, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we have two uh, huge signature events that are coming up for the fraternity. Well, three technically, but uh, you know, two that we'll kind of highlight here. And so first and foremost, um, you know, if it hasn't launched by the time this episode releases, it is very soon to launch, which is College of Chapters registration. Um, so every year we host uh, College of Chapters January 3rd through 6th. Um, you know, that is not going to be any different than in 2023. Um, but this is our annual Commander's Academy, if you want to call it that. Um, it is where we bring... Um, all of our collegiate chapter commanders uh, to Roanoke, Virginia, they get intensive uh, training on how to be the executive officer, the, the chief executive officer for their chapter. Um, so they're going to receive training on how to uh, create a strategic plan on how to implement that strategic plan about how to buy or create buy-in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're going to receive instruction on um you know, uh, operational areas of the chapter, like how to create a budget, how to execute that budget, how to, um, you know, you know, depending on their pursuit of excellence performance, like, you know, they may be receiving instruction on community service and philanthropy or recruitment. Like, so it's, it's incredibly extensive. Uh, we have great faculty and volunteers who help make that uh, an incredible success. But if you're a commander, if you're an advisor uh, who oversees a chapter, uh, make sure that they are registering for College of Chapters as soon as they are able um, and get them excited. I think College of Chapters is one of our, our marquee programs, uh, and I know that our chapter officers are, who have the opportunity to attend um, walk away really feeling and reporting, you know, because we do survey the experience, um, you know, about how tremendous the event is for them and their chapter success. Um, the second event, and this one's a little bit further out, is going to be Grand Chapter. Um, so gr- next year, we are bringing back our in-person uh, national convention. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2021, we hosted a uh, a postponed uh, virtual Grand Chapter. Uh, we were supposed to have our Grand Chapter in Denver, um, the 69th Grand Chapter in Denver, Colorado uh, in 2020. Unfortunately, that had to be delayed due to the pandemic and then was ultimately hosted as a virtual event in 2021. Um, But we are back in person uh, once again for our 70th Grand Chapter, uh, and that'll be hosted uh, in Fort St. Sorry, (laughs) 
Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, I almost said Miami, which is right next door. Yeah. Uh, but Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, the date pattern for that is going to be June 28th through July 2nd, 2023. We're going to be staying at the Marriott Harbor Beach Resort and Spa. Uh, registration is not live for that yet, uh, but depending on when you are a listener to this episode, it could be live. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but, uh, you know, we are wanting to, to get alumni uh, and you know, collegiate members who may have the opportunity to attend excited for that. Um, I have, you know, heard rumors about things that are planned, uh, and just general excitement for, um, uh, for the convention. Uh, we are really excited to be able to be back in person and are hoping for a strong uh, attendance at, at next year's grand chapter. So registration for that will probably go live in early January. Um, and we'll of course be plugging that, uh, on each episode, uh, from here until grand chapter takes place, just to continue to drive momentum for what is going to be an exciting grand chapter. Christopher, I'm going to book us a pedicure and foot bath at the, the spa um, at the hotel on uh, July 2nd. Uh, when, when everything's done, <laughs> we're, we're going to we're going to spend a lot of time on our feet. And uh, at the end of it, you and I are going to sit together and uh, and uh, get a nice some nice foot care. How does that sound? Hey, I'll take you up on that, especially uh, <laughs> if, it, you know, well, hopefully, actually, hopefully I'll just be on the beach at the end of it. <laughs> um, you know, that yeah, is one, one of the benefits the of being in, in, in Fort Lauderdale. But yeah. Regardless, <laughs> um, Adam, well, that is kind of the end of uh, the things I wanted to plug. Um, anything from you before we close her out? Um, no, I think that's it for me as well, Christopher. Listeners, thank you all for being here. Uh, we will see you again next month. Bye, everyone. Who am I, sir? A fraternity man am I? A sigma, a new sir, and will be until I die. I'm What's the matter with Sigma Nu? Have a balloon, Terrica, who altogether for Sigma Nu? Hey!